back to another exciting episode of the Afternoon Morning Show. My name is Chris Mueller. I'm joined as always by Vinny Kiyomko Yap. Hello. Yeah, and back with us in studio, Judy McDonald and Mr. Chris Padgett. Hello. Yeah, because Megan still had the baby, so it's a And she couldn't come in the next no. day. Lazy. That's kind of the, you know. Love the choice you said it though. Still had the baby. Well, it's, okay. yes. She didn't true. return it. Or yeah, the no. Well, we, no probably could, we probably could have figured out how to Skype her in or something, yeah. but we're lazy. She's busy. Like she lost the receipt or something. Like she had to keep. <laughs> That's true. Let's help she, her keep her priorities straight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. And, and so that seemed like it happened really fast because we, like when we started doing, when Megan came on the show, she was yeah. like brand new pregnant. Well, and she, and but also like the, when we, when we recorded last week, she seemed to find. She, no, yeah, no, and like, I, I literally said, you don't look ready right, yet, yeah. you know, because when women are ready to have the baby, they look uncomfortable. Like mm. when it's like the last week of a pregnant, like, or maybe like you, you can like yeah. everything, like they swell up. It's yeah. just not yeah. a fun. I feel like I'm no, in really. I know exactly what that's like. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's my constant state of feeling <laughs> physically uncomfortable and swollen. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> it's but one of my gifts. She didn't look like she was right out of bed. Yeah, because we recorded what, Thursday last week? Thursday last week, but we didn't air those episodes because yeah. we, that's why we're on headphones this week because yeah. uh, Megan's mic wasn't turned on for the best podcast we've ever done. Yeah, yeah. But then, like go. over the weekend. You know, just... speaking of that, there was a guy named Garrison Keeler. Yeah, <gasps> you right. Like, yeah. we'll be gone. Yeah. He tells the story of how he had written this book and had left the manuscript in a bus or something on a train. Yeah, train, and he couldn't find it. So oh he my rewrite God, no. it. Yeah. So that whole idea of the best manuscript or the oh. best podcast. Uh, I've had times. I'm sure everybody else has where you've you've written a post or something, and and all of a sudden it's gone or. Oh, I don't know. It's yeah. kind of, those are horrifying moments. I have this uh, parent's guide to the internet. So just like how to set up a culture for your kids. And I've been working on it for months and kind of refining it. And I'd, I'd saved it. I went to open it up on the cloud and it was gone. Oh. Terrifying. Oh. And uh, I did find it, thankfully. But it was just it was just like, <laughs> yeah. Huh? Huh? <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, well, hey, welcome back. So on the on, so if you didn't catch last episode, go ahead and go back and take a listen to it. Some great conversation there on on developing your prayer life and on on everything on everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is sort of the afternoon morning show. It was ADD. Thing. It was cool. Yeah. I could follow. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but today's episode, I thought we've got some special guests and want to have some conversation about that. And Chris, you sort of I think maybe even segued into that with the idea of. Like that, that best thing, right? Like that thing, you know, the idea of a podcast, po- mm-hmm. a podcast or a post or a book or a talk or whatever, like you get done giving a talk and you're like, oh my gosh, that was the best talk I've ever, like, it was amazing. You know, mm-hmm. people levitated. It was awesome. Um, I wish I would have recorded it. And then like you record a talk and you're like, well, that was, that was, <laughs> Subpar. that was not good. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably not do this The anymore. nun left <laughs> yeah. halfway through, she shook her head. I actually was at giving a talk this summer and I make the statement in the talk, there's no truth without love. There's no love without truth because Jesus is love and Jesus is truth, right? And a priest in in the group, when I asked her questions, he fully challenged me on that. Uh-oh. Like, no, I don't think, I think there can be truth without love. And I was like, well, the truth yeah. is the truth is the truth. I'm like, yeah, but you're not expressing the fullness of the truth if you're not expressing yeah. it in love because you're taking... Part Jesus, and he was. We went round and round. I don't think I'm getting invited back. No, uh, a, <laughs> you made him think. You challenged wow. him. Yeah, yeah, but it was also he was a French priest, so there might have been a language oh. barrier. <laughs> <laughs> and he's French. So yeah, French. Yeah, there's that. So yeah, but I, but I thought that might be kind of an interesting episode to do. Would be that idea of like th- going out and sharing the gospel. Like we do it in a very public way. 
um, you know, Vinny, you're a worship leader. Mm-hmm. Chris, obviously, you're, you're a speaker of some renown. Judy, Catholic comedy all over the United States and in Canada <laughs> and, uh, and, and Asia. And Europe. And Europe. Yes, there you go. Right. Hey. But, but, um, but we've all kind of taken on this weird public thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it shouldn't be weird, but there's this like, you know, we do something. And how did that happen? Um, what is it like, you know, how do you prep, you know, what, what, what makes you different than like, and like a, like a John Acuff who goes out and does motivational speaking or something. What, like what, so I thought all those kind of questions would be fun to deal with. So, yeah. So why don't we start with the idea of uh, stand up comedy? Cause I think that's to me, that's uh, Judy, I put, you know, Judy's got a cough drop in her mouth. So not anymore. Not anymore. Spit it on your carpet. Well, Chris, and you're one of the funniest. You, like, so, Judy, you do stand up comedy. Like that's you. You've designated like that's what I do. I do stand up comedy. That's what I do. Chris, I don't know if you would say that you do stand up comedy, but you do. Well, I I would definitely say that I I'm very comedic and intentionally so. Right. I've not done the um the um the stand up route partly because I couldn't pay my bills if I did that route Hey-o. at least for a while so <laughs> but I I love it I'm actually I am in awe of Judy having done that and I've talked to her about that before because if I if I were ever going to go do stand-up comedy I would want Linda and I'd probably want Judy in the audience to help get me on that stage and I think after I did it once I'd be okay but but I think it takes a fearlessness and Judy's um, got that heritage and that history which I'm kind of in awe of so yeah, so that because a Catholic stand-up comic is not a thing, right? Right. I mean, but it's you, right? But like, yeah. how? So how did this happen? Oh, except, you know? except <laughs> Je- Jennifer Fullwire. Full, full. Right what's her name? Thing. Jennifer Full Fullwire. Is she a stand-up? Is that no. her name? Yeah, yeah. Jennifer. Yeah. But she's announced that she's doing a com- Catholic comedy tour uh, to her like six billion followers. And I'm like sitting over here going, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need someone to open? <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, um, how's that happen? Yeah, how that happen? You happened? say yes to the Lord. Thank boom. you. That's why I'll never write a book. Because be when you were talking about the, your Holy Spirit book, I'm like, boom. <laughs> Holy Spirit, why should you have a relationship? Because you should. Yeah. Boom. Book. 40, um, <laughs> 40 days. That seems like a lot of wasted time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, picture it. 1976. No, we won't go back that I far. I remember it well. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, all through school, I would get in trouble for being a smart ass. And you can say smart ass because it's in the Bible. I believe that's okay. Smart mm-hmm. and ass. Yeah. Not together. Now, anyway. When my son hears a podcast, he will then say that word for the rest of the day. Listen, Willy Billy. Yeah, If you exactly. say that word, Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, I always get in trouble. Uh, and just I, my, the greatest thing ever would be when my dad would let me stay up with him and watch uh, tonight's show. Uh, or Don Rickles was on. Uh, oh my gosh. So I, I grew up watching like Benny Hill, which, oh my gosh. Yeah. So by the time I got to the University of San Diego, I was just full on. I loved David Letterman. I loved him. I thought yeah. he was so cool because um, he was a, a D student at best at Ball State. And uh, and I remember stuff like that. Oh my gosh. He, he even has a scholarship set up now for just average students because yeah. right now you can't get a scholarship without being extremely poor your head falling off and all A's uh, I was looking at the the requirements for the UC schools because we have a, a high schooler now right I would never have gone to college right no right. no yeah. yeah so I'm I'm at school and I'm there's this thing called the uh what's it called I don't know comedy club <laughs> it wasn't comedy it was called showcase and they would bring comedians onto campus at the University of San Diego And I would go all the time and help set up my freshman year. One time the uh, opening act didn't show up. So it's usually opening middle and then a headliner. Mm -hmm. Um, So they said, Judy, go up on stage and talk for 15 minutes. 
said, okay. And I was too young and dumb to be scared. And I just talked. I talked about my day. I talked about some of the same jokes I do now or kind of related to those early jokes. They've just developed into something new. And um, I got off the stage and people laughed and they handed me a check for 50 bucks. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> $50. I do, yeah. Well, that's, that's almost so, as much yeah. as I'm making today yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for this thing. I think I drove 45 minutes for in and out. Um, yeah. So nice. we're going to lunch. After. I think you're making assumptions. Okay. I know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And I thought, well, and it was literally the first time I ever thought, I think you can do this as a living. Yeah. Cause my parents are paying I don't know how much at the time, like 25000 for a semester at University of San Diego. But I can bring in $50 for Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, so I still thought it couldn't be a career, but I could do it. And I was, right. I wanted to do media. I wanted to do what David Letterman did um, and follow that path. Because, and how sad is that? There were no really female comedians to look up to at the time, other than, you know, Joan Rivers or... Uh, I don't know that marvelous Miss Maple. She looked, no, she's not real. Anyway, um, I love doing comedy and I love doing uh, youth ministry. And I started going up to the comedy store. Uh, we would drive up. Sister Madeline yeah. came up oh, once, yeah. my seventh grade teacher. It was so surreal because I'm in the green room and this guy's doing a line of Coke. <laughs> and I look out. And, and the audience is my seventh grade nun. And I'm like, <laughs> who's, a, who's a habited nun? She's not, right. like a, she's not an undercover no, nun. No, she's not no, shy yeah. about it. Yeah. She's Franciscan. No, she's a dumb Claire, poor Claire, whatever we I call I don't them. think it's dumb Claire. So no, sure. we used to call them that. And I got in trouble. <laughs> Once again, I got in trouble for that. And now yeah. I get paid for it. But yeah. um, so it was just so surreal. And for the longest time thinking that Catholicism and comedy are like oil and water. They don't go together. Uh and I got to the point where I was a, being, I was a youth minister down in San Diego. We had a big, big, big uh, gathering. <laughs> it was the gathering. It was three different parishes. Yeah. I worked for my cousin, Bob Shrimp. And uh, he came about three years in and he said, cuz the, the priests have gotten together and they've decided to cut our budget. And uh, they think that this would be a good opportunity for you to follow your stand up. That is the best way to, to, to put wow. your fired. <laughs> So in September, I just got... We want you to go chase your dreams, I, and we want to give you the freedom to do that. In September, I just got let go from um, a parish Gosh. I worked for for seven years doing their social media and yeah. uh, videos, and it, they said the same thing. Yeah. Maybe you should go pursue that comedy thing. Spread like, your oh, the, wings the one and I've fly, been doing little for bird. 25 years, Spread yeah, I'll pursue that. <laughs> There's seasons in ministry. Oh, my The season is fire. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, oh, man. That's great. it was really, it's always been a prayer thing for me. It's always been, ever since I was little, my mom has always told me, God has so much in store for you. And how blessed I am to have a mom like that. And a dad, too, that um, just support my comedy. So there's been many lean years. There's lean years now. Uh, but it's something that I feel like I was born to do. And it's my way of evangelizing. And um, it's, it's, it's truly a piece of me up there on stage. It's not just jokes. Yeah. It's how I look at the world. And it's comedy is like you can be so you can get so in your mind about comedy and it can be such an ex existential. Is that a real word? Sort of. Well, yes. Well. <laughs> ex, ex, yeah, extra tarantial. Yes. Extra tarantula. Extra terrestrial. I mean, there's a lot it of can extra. Be, yeah. It can be, you can be really in your head or you can tell fart jokes. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of like ministry. You can just, you can delve so deep or you can just stay light. And um, yeah. for me, it's, it's just my, it's my, both my livelihood and my personality and my ministry. And there's so much wrapped up in it that um, 
when I go to the clubs, I'm kind of when, you know, my business cards say Catholic comedian. Yeah. And sometimes I've been trying to pursue secular ways because um, ever since my I had breast cancer last year, uh, thanks for your note. And uh, <laughs> had uh, three surgeries, double mastectomy, a couple of times got really, really sick with infections. And yeah. um, I had to cancel. I couldn't go to NCYC, which is usually my big springboard for the rest of my jobs for the following what year. What does NCYC stand NCYC for? NCYC stands for National Catholic Youth Conference. And yeah. there's what, like 30,000 kids there. It's where I get to see my community of other ministers like Chris and Chris and like, no, I'm not part of that. That, uh, but you're there. You know. Yeah. No, no. Um, I'm in there. <laughs> but since, since my cancer, uh, and I missed NCYC, my shows have just dried up and I went to a show last, when was I in New York? Uh, last year, yeah. November ish. Yeah. Uh, visited pageants and I had a show up upstate New York and the priest said, you know, when I told my friend I hired you, he said, are you sure she's alive? I think she died from her cancer. Wow. So this, I, and it's just been 25 years of comedy and all of a sudden it's like, no, it's chirping. Crickets. Yeah. People think I'm dead. So I'm trying to tell See, people I'm not book, dead. See, that's your book right there. That's the title of your book. Jude's people, not dead. Yeah. Oh, people think I'm dead. People think I'm dead. So, and then you just do, and it's all your duties. Like, work. But, and it's yeah. your comedy book though. Right. But you, it's like your, you know, it's like your, it's your David Spade right. book, except you don't talk about watching porn for right. 45 minutes. <laughs> so, so wait, so how surreal you know. is this? So. Two weeks ago, um, I was up in Hermosa Beach, and in Hermosa Beach is the Comedy and Magic Club. My friend, who I met doing stand-up at the comedy store, was a writer and a um, warm-up producer and a uh, coordinator for uh, Tonight Show Yeah, with Jay Leno. And Jay Leno still performs every Sunday at the Comedy and Magic Club, so I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go up there. Cause I'm trying to get into these different clubs and you just can't show up and be like, I'm funny. Can I get on yeah, exactly. stage? <laughs> so, um, so I go and I wait about two hours outside and the club didn't know who I was. Not like, I don't know who, don't you know who I am? But they yeah. didn't know I was meeting yeah. my friend. So I was outside like a little homeless girl with my service dog and it was so cold and windy that night. And, um, Jay and my friend, uh, pull up in his Tesla cause it was raining that night right, and yeah. he didn't bring a cool car. And right away, <laughs> my friend Jimmy, Jimmy Brogan, who is also, he's really cool. Look him up. Yeah. Um, he's a Catholic comedian. Okay. So he is the other way. He is a comedian who is Catholic. Right. Uh, but so, so they pull up and right away it was so cool. It was like, I'm outside disheveled. People think I'm homeless too. Jay Leno's like, ah, come on in, come on in here. You want something to eat? You want something to drink? How's yeah. it going? Is this a jog? Uh, that's my Jay Leno. Right. Yeah. No, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sitting there with Jay flipping Leno. Yeah. I'm going from outside to all of a sudden, like from me to you sitting to Jay Leno. And he's like, so Jimmy tells me you're a comedian. I'm like, oh my God, you were talking about me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a comedian. <laughs> yeah. And I goes, and yeah, you had breast cancer last year. All I could think of was like, whoa, like Jay Leno like knows about my breasts. It's <laughs> 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 so weird. Not that they're here anymore. They're gone. RIP. And that God was Judy's Me Too movement. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, so he goes, so. And I have Oprah and he goes, so you talk about your dog on stage? Because if I have a Band-Aid on my finger, people are going to talk about, you know, they're going to think about my Band-Aid. Um, and uh, it was just so weird. And and I told him about my cancer and how people don't, uh, aren't hiring me. He goes, oh my God, that's terrible. And I thought he was going to be like, let me take you under your wing and yeah, hey, get yeah, out. Yeah, 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 but yeah. no, he's like, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to go do my bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he talked to me for the longest time and he was so nice. And just, uh, he, he said, yeah, you should do a tour like the Judy's not dead tour. Uh, it's a great, yeah. <laughs> it's a great so, thing. uh, but it was just so cool. And 
my life is oh, that so should weird. be your podcast right i'm not dead jude's not dead yeah jude's not dead um yeah. but my life is so blessed that i get to sit here with you guys and be comfortable with you and just be just as comfortable with jay leno who could buy and sell us <laughs> he did so, actually he did. So I, uh, rich. yeah he actually does own my trademark it's so, crazy yeah. how yeah. rich he like and oh just, yeah but so cool, like I, that's that's how I want to be. I want to be cool enough to right before he he did two hour and a half long shows, but he had the time to sit with me, yeah. And then in between shows, had dinner with me and be nice. Um, and like you know, you were talking about Catholic celebrity. Wouldn't that be cool if we could be that cool? You know, it's funny because I in, in my limited work in Hollywood, when I did touch celebrity every now and then, you know, well, it's my Me Too movement okay. moment. Uh, but no. I, I would, yeah, you'd run into people and be like, that, the nicest person in the world, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, uh, it's funny cause I, I think that sometimes that's not the perception. Mm-mm. Sometimes you think, oh, well, there gotta be big shots or blah, 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 blah. But a lot of times when you meet people who really made it, they're just good folks. Like, and that's the reason they made it. Cause people want to work with these kind of people. Yeah. Right? And that's so. the thing too. Like think of comedians. You're going to think of him as one of the funniest. And by the way, now I like him more than Letterman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting. Cause like, it, like one of the things I hear about you all the time, Chris is like, Oh my gosh, Chris Paget's you said it, I think to my mom, my mom and I were talking about Paget one day. I don't know why it was weird. He's cute. Yeah. Who are cute boys that you know, but, but, <laughs> but, but, but uh, my mom was saying, Oh yeah. Judy says that he's just like one of the most sincere, nicest people so that that's I out there, that. you know? And I don't, I don't even know where it came <laughs> up, but so, I mean, so kind of in, in segueing to that, Chris, how did you end up doing Doing this, I mean, like you know, you're you know, Catholic. Yeah, when I when I I used to do this band, uh, you probably heard of it, like Boys to Men. Yeah, no, yeah, great. (laughs) And uh, I did the band. Wasn't it Scarecrow and Mrs. King? (laughs) (laughs) So I did the band, and um, my favorite part of the band was probably at the end when we would get the chance to do some worship and really challenge people to give themselves over to to walking with God, and I love that. Ultimately, when I started doing my talks, I would do music again, but music was always a catalyst to be able to tell stories. And what I what I loved was, and I even from a young age, I loved making people laugh. There's something, there's a rush that I get when someone starts to lose themselves and, and laugh. I had a really cool experience once where I did this. I was at a National Federation for Catholic Youth Ministry, and which Judy and I every year so severe. The Federation. Like, Can we name this a NFC more severe YM. name? The National Federation for Youth yeah. Ministry. And they all wear black and have helmets, and it's weird they all march together. Exactly. So every couple years that happens, and this lady came up to me after my bit, and she said, "You know, I have to tell you something. I had to go to the bathroom so bad, but I saw that you were coming on stage, and I knew I wanted to watch your act." And she goes, "I have to say." I peed my pants a little tonight listening to you. I had left. And I often said, I want, I said, can I put that on my brochure? Yeah, I, I peed my pants a little bit. That's what I say the greatest bit. compliment is too. It I've, is the greatest what? compliment. Yeah. I laughed what was the lady's so hard, name? I peed my pants. Because I've had that, and, but when people what come up to you. What was the lady's you, name? I love I that. Know, like, I don't know. Tell me, tell yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, was Maybe it Joy? Is that why? Let's talk about that off air. But they say it to you like it's a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it is a compliment. I often feel like well, yeah. to get someone to lose their faculties in some way. Like, but I think my goal ultimately is like, can I can I get you to laugh so hard that you forget how maybe crappy your life has been as of late, or mm-hmm. to laugh so hard that you remember the good parts of your of your journey? And I, that's what I do. I think my comedy rests on like it's an authentic uh, retelling of a part of who I am and what I've experienced. And I, I find things are funny that maybe a lot of people don't 
that can get me in trouble. That's what I was going to say to about Judy earlier is that when it comes to comedy, like that is dangerous. So when people are hiring you in, you oh, know, okay, to come in, no, yeah, they they want safe. Oh yeah, right. And so it is not surprising that certain people will show up on a constant, regular basis on the circuit doing things because they're safe. And in fact, I would actually even say that they're predictable. Like they're, you know, that they're going to say the the party line. And I'm not. I'm I'm decidedly Catholic. Like I on purpose became Catholic right. in Easter of 1999. But it wasn't because here's something that you should believe. Now rearticulate it. You're good. Here's the secret handshake. You're in. Like I wrestled with those teachings, those truths, and I I said yes because I believed it. But I didn't lose myself on becoming Catholic. And in fact, I think. Um, if I am now invited to be the fullness of who I am, there is a part of me that is like really unleashing that comedic side of me on purpose. And so oftentimes I find that I am too edgy for a, a, an elite conserv conservatism, but I'm also decidedly not edgy enough mm-hmm. for a secular venue. Like I could swear preach, preach. if – <laughs> if I wanted to, but it doesn't, it's not going to necessarily convey what it is that I want to say. Right. Like, I don't need that to to make the joke. <laughs> so I've really, over the years, found a lot of joy in people like, um, you know, uh, comedians who have chosen to not um, be intentionally crass or Vulgar, dirty. Yeah. Like, they can have yeah. Jim Gaffigan or even Jerry Seinfeld's fantastic and right. uh, Brian Regan. But... For me, ultimately, um, there will always be comedy in what I'm doing because because that's how I look at life. Yeah. That's the way I approach things. And part of my conviction is that joy is necessary to be a saint. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? And this is this is sort of dipping back into last episode's kind of social media conversation. And, and maybe it's not. You know, we know that that the world is becoming a little bit more divided. In and that's oh my gosh, that's yes. done. That's done intentionally. There are algorithms that funnel you towards the most extreme views on social huh. media because when you're outraged, you spend more time. And so that's that's an actual thing. Do you find that it's harder to go out? And Vinny, as a worship leader, you can speak to this too. That it's harder to go out and do your ministry sometimes because people are primed to be pissed off. Well, I have to say this, that I might be clueless enough that I'm not thinking about that. Okay. That's to my advantage. But you're not running into the, the flamethrower? No, no. I've I've had people get pissed with me all the time because I don't do things the way that they want. I had a t- I used to, I do these. I did it last night here even. These funny slides of Jesus pictures. I yeah. just think they're hilarious, and mm. we should laugh at bad art because it's bad art. <laughs> right. And I like just because it's a picture of Jesus doesn't mean I have to reverence yeah. it. Yeah. But I did a bit with that, and there and this lady came up to me afterwards, and she's like, "I took my youth group out of your out of your event because you did those those pictures." And I looked at her, I was like, "Well, did you wait for the last you know those last <laughs> slides that basically turned the corner?" She's like, "No, I knew what you were going to say." I said, "Obviously, you didn't, because the slide says Jesus is not a cartoon or a caricature." I'm like, like this happens to me all the time because I say something that's funny. And the entire, like, this is the other thing, too, is that I always feel like you have to know your audience. If I'm going to speak to youth, my jokes are going to be driven towards the youth. And and usually the adults are a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But if I'm doing predominantly an, an older group, my jokes are predominantly for older, older people. Um, I guess ultimately I'm not going to satisfy and, and uh, make happy these epically 
conservative. They almost, I almost call them like Catholic Amish, Amish. They're like Little House on the Prairie. That's that's the age that they've kind of stopped maturing. They want everything to be like that. Yeah. And I I am in the world, but trying to not be of the world. I want I want to capitalize and utilize what is before <clears throat> me and reach as many people for Christ as possible. <laughs> And most kids are not, and adults for that matter, are not looking for a well-refined argument to convince them to become Catholic. What they want to ultimately know is their joy in your life. Like, what do you have that makes you so happy? I want that. Right. But but people equate holiness with severity. Yeah. And I'm done Mm. with that. Amen. I want you to be president. You know, and and again, (laughs) the metaphor that God so often uses the metaphor of like a marital love, right, for the church. Yeah. that people don't fall in love with a spreadsheet. Right. You know, they don't yeah. fall in love with a really like, well, you know, I weighed all the pros and the cons and it just made sense. Um, yeah. You know, and that's, I think when we boil Catholicism down to just really well-defined arguments that doesn't, you've taken out the right. passion in it and a passionless love isn't love. See, I think and there's a need for apologetics, but we've made the mis kind of uh, this misunderstanding that if I give you all of the proper answers, I have done my job now. Like, right. here's my job. I'll give you the answers. And then we shake our head in irritation because somebody's not responding to the well-refined, like, awesome answers that we've given them. But ultimately, what people are looking for is a real relationship. Will you love me even though I'm messy? And in some ways, comedy opens yourself up intentionally. Mm-hmm. Like, you become oh, yeah. vulnerable to say, I am messy. I'm going to make fun of it now. And and then you have people who are pissed off because you're using self-deprecating humor. You right. can't. Yeah. I, I, had a, yeah. I had a time where somebody came up and was like, you know, you make all these like self-deprecating jokes about your weight and all of that stuff. And like, I just think that's, you shouldn't do that for the kids out there who are like, the kids can relate to me yeah. because yeah. I'm talking yeah. about something that they think about all the time. Like, like you, you've got to be kidding me. Like you want the well-refined answer. You know, you are made in God's image and likeness, of course. But when you stare in the in the freaking mirror, you're wondering, like, is your image and likeness a sea cow? Because I look like that right now. But yeah. God doesn't eat Twinkies like you do. Yeah. Right? One I, of the my things- joke is I, I, we're all, God says that we're temples of the Holy Spirit, but I'm feeding mine like it's a basilica. There you go. <laughs> the, uh, one of the hardest things in stand-up is you have to win the crowd within the first, I would say, 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. If not Absolutely. sooner. Yeah. Um, so going back, not that I'm name dropping again, but this, we were talking uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. Okay, I usually name drop, so it's okay. good that you're doing it. So, so. oh, here, let me pick you up, Jay. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but we were just talking about worst, there's other comedians in the room. We were talking about worst uh, gigs we've ever had. And I won because I was like, have you guys ever done comedy for junior high kids? Oh. And they all looked at me like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude, I ain't scared of anything. Yeah. <laughs> like once you do that, because you were saying too, like you're, you're fearless. You could totally do comedy. You do do comedy, just not in, you know, how I do comedy. Yeah. But that's great because there's people out there who need to hear, uh, who need to be evangelized in different way, mm-hmm. whether through music, through comedy, through apologetics, through whatever Chris does, whatever you Chris do with your dot com. Um, <laughs> the, God is so big. Yeah. That he needs all of us mm. to, you know, Absolutely. to do it in our own different way. Mm. So it's so cool. I think I I love what I do, even though it's, you know, if I was very 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 successful, like I always feel like I'm on the fringe, not in like an edgy way, but I don't feel like I belong with the federation. I don't feel like mm. I belong with the comedy people. I'm in the middle. Yeah. Um, but I think it's uncomfortable. But I think it's where God wants me to be. 
Okay. If mm. I was making millions of dollars, I'd be super nice and my parish would get a new hall. Oh yeah. No, actually they wouldn't. <laughs> but uh um but you know what would that be would that make me a better Catholic? Would that make me a better comedian? Would that make me a better sister, daughter, whatever? Um like I don't think so. I think I where I am right now, always hungry both <laughs> spiritually and physically um is a good place and that's where I need God. I lean on God. Um I always say my people say who writes your jokes and I say the Holy Spirit is my ghostwriter. Yeah. Um, I, I need him. Um, when I started this 25 years ago, I said, okay, God, you find me gigs. I'll keep doing this. So when the phone stopped ringing a couple months ago, I'm like, oh crap, do I have to be an accountant? I'm not good at math, (laughs) but in prayer, like I just keep getting like this, this, there's just hold on, just wait. You know, it's interesting that conversation. And I think that's a conversation people in ministry have with the Lord often or, or throughout. That's been my experience. Is it all, I always played the game of when I grow up, I'm going to X, you know, mm-hmm. I was going to go to law school or I'm going to build a real estate sales empire, or I'm going to do this. And I remember having a conversation with one of my mentors, who's a very successful business person saying, I, I need you to help me get out. Like, you know, I, it's time. Like I, I need to, I need to get a real job. Mm-hmm. I need to get out. And he, he said, okay, I, I will absolutely help you. But is this what God's asking you to do? Or are you doing it because you're afraid? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I am 100% afraid. That is what that mm-hmm. is. He said, well, I want you to stop and go back and pray. And I want you to look at your lives and I want you to say, or ask where the things I'm afraid of, have they ever happened? Right. Or is it just the fear that it's going to, you know? And so I did, I went back and examined it. And, and you know, we've had our, our lean times where we're eating from the food pantry and in, in, in those kind of, are we relying on, on help from relatives and whatnot? But we've never been on the street. We're never going to be on the street. And it was a moment of where I realized that, I call it the Gilligan's Island revelation. Like I was on Gilligan's Island. Like everything was good. Our kids are great. We're healthy. We've got all stuff going on. But I was always worried about getting off the island. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of said, okay, I'm going to stay on the island. Like yeah. this, okay, this is where you want me. I'll be on this island. And it's been amazing how our life has changed since then. Um, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, just, just be where God wants you to be and everything's going to be perfect. I mean, there's still struggle, you know, and there's right. still that sort of like, I don't, I don't, I wake up and I don't know how the year is going to end financially. Mm-hmm. Like, that's always a question. Um, like this, this latest thing, everyday Catholic jumping out and saying, we're gonna, we're, yeah, exactly. We're going to make a Catholic TV show for families, you know, well, we got enough funding to get started and now we're in the middle of it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, this, how's this year going to end? I don't know. But I know that that's what God's asked me to do. Um, you know, so that, that's interesting you bring up that idea of, okay, Lord, now what? You know, and Chris, you've, you've got nine kids on a ministry, on an itinerant ministry what? salary, you know? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. How, how, you know, how have you guys dealt with that, that sort of... I mean, honestly, it's uh, we have a couple little phrases that are. Um, First of all, his very, wife is a saint, and she's hot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, nine kids. I mean, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. Yeah. But the thing about it is that uh, you can't outgive God. That's a big phrase in our family. So when it came to our fertility, we really just um, just kind of gave that to the Lord and said we're we're going to be open now. Linda was trained by the diocese in natural family planning. It's not like we didn't have any idea where babies came from. <laughs> Another but, one, honey. Uh, Should we keep it? Yeah, we what just, are you doing? Uh, are you eating something? What is this? No, yeah. anyway. <laughs> the thing is, is that um, we found that that in our generosity, our desire to be generous with the Lord, that He was um, generous to us, and it didn't always mean that we made lots of money. It just certainly meant that He was going to give us enough so that we could continue to trust Him. Mm. I I think that's the secret here. Ultimately, is that. 
when you talk about success from a comedic standpoint or even a business standpoint, there's there's real tangible like places that you can look and see am I successful or not. But when you do ministry, you add ministry into the mix, then it's it's all different because the standard for success is not the same. Like God is working in us our sanctity. And that's what the most, that's the greatest concern is that we become the saints that we're called to be. So the avenues that we're walking down, we think it should be a certain way, but the Lord's looking at us saying, yes, I could easily do that for you. And you yeah. are justifiably qualified to be in that arena, whether it's a comedic arena or a business arena, but this is going to help you to be that saint. And I'll walk with you along that path that, that you're on that seems so foreign. Uh, I often feel like... Um, and I think anyone who's done ministry has faced this feeling of insecurity. Like, why is this per person getting that job? Or why I'm more... Like, here's a, here's a great example, real tangible. I have nine children, but I have never been asked to speak at March for Life. Like, how much more... How, how much more do I need to do to show that I'm a person of... Ten more. Ten. Life? In addition, more. Baseball team. my daughter, who uh, was a teenager who got pregnant and kept the baby and is now a nurse, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like we like there's no like there's no way I could possibly fit the bill more. Right. Yeah. But I have never I've never been asked. And right. I'm thinking I'm like I shake my head thinking, you have people up here who aren't even married speaking or people who, you know, are right. uh, have one child and they're now the experts and I mean I'm just thinking <laughs> That is one of my pet peeves that people are like, We've been married for nine months. We're doing a marriage talk next yeah, week. Yeah, here's <laughs> our book. We what wrote. do you have to say? Anyway, that's uh, it's hard. So yeah, yeah. those kind of feelings of like and I think this I, I just finished writing this book called Keep Your Head Down and Your Faith up. Right. And uh, we're, we're working on edits now. And the point of that is just simply, you cannot look around and compare yourself to other people because what God is doing in your life is for your sanctity. And so I just keep pressing in. What what are, what have you called me to do to be a person of joy? How do I do it? Tell stories, uh, use your use your gifts and talents and bring people to me. And yeah. I think that's that's the deal. Well, I think that's relevant. Not even if you're not in a public ministry. You know, if you're if you're a dentist. I mean, you know, yes. the same thing. You know, or, or you're, you're trying to climb the, the the corporate ladder. It's that same question of God. Why, why am I here right now? And how are you making me mm. a saint in this? You know, right. and and how am I fighting you? You know, I think it's more right. often, you know, like, how are you, how are you trying and how am I dodging, you know? Uh, Cause I feel like God and I are playing a game of tag often it's and I am. It's hard. Yeah. 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 You know, it's like you're doing it wrong, Lord. Right. I have this. Oh yeah. yeah. I know you made the hippo. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I can do it better. But I've also seen you work on the platypus. So, right. you know, yeah. like, I feel oh, like. Those are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's got to be bored because snakes are super easy. Yeah. Right? He's like the snakes and he's like, what if? Well, let's just be honest. Slugs, <laughs> God awesome. sneezing. That's right. all that was. Yeah. It's a certain creation. Bless me. Yeah. <laughs> Dot com. Oh, myself. I can't believe I did that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my me. What am I doing? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's hilarious. It's very true. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I feel like you've been you've been kind of over in the corner there, Vinny. Um, yeah, no, I'm listening. This is I'm just like sweet. Yeah, but it's something you're dealing with too. Because yeah. you're in 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 a you know, Vinny. Vinny's a very talented worship leader. I know that the, the, some maybe some of our listeners don't know that, but one of the things that Vinny does is he's in ministry at St. Martha's. He also goes out and is on the road a little bit around Southern mm -hmm. California as a worship leader, and and really good at that. Maybe that's where this next question I had for everybody in is the. Where do you see the line between performing and preaching or between performing and worship leading? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and is there an element of performing in preaching and is that okay or not? 
I just I just bleh, threw that all wow. out there. Boom. Yeah. So anyone, and anyone, go. Anyone, anyone want to jump in on that? I mean, Judy, you, yours is a little more cut and dry, but you know. Oh, is it? <laughs> it's really not though. I feel like I struggle with that a lot. But yeah, Vinny yeah. first. Yeah, Vinny first because we because we want to make sure oh. Vinny's here still. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean I've, I'm just I'm listening just because a, a lot of what they're saying too it, it does work in into my experience with, with leading worship. Um, but the the thing that that's kind of because I mean my with with my mentors, um, I've always like when, when they've been around they've always checked me or like when they've heard stuff they've always called me up and been like, what was that about? You know because I've definitely had those moments early on in in learning how how to lead worship and obviously I'm 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 still learning but um, the thing that's kind of helped me is um, just kind of reminding myself that well. God's asked me to do this because I've realized that anytime I've been like, this is my plan, God, like this is what I want to do. God's like, no, 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 you're going to go over there. Like, it, like even going back to high school, I planned for, for all four years to go to the Coast Guard Academy. And it took just one moment of God being like, that's not what I have for you. And having to sit down with my parents and be like, that's not where I'm that's not what I think God wants me to do. And, and high school was really where going to Catholic school, there was just a lot of people in my life that were really kind of pulling me back to the church in that sense. Not that I was too far off. Um, but it, there, there's just been that moment that every time I've had my own plan, it's sucked period. Um, every time I'm like, this is great. And that's another great book title. My plan sucked. Yeah. 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 Um, and every time I've been like, Fine, God, we'll do it your way. It's been just exponentially better. And realizing that when I allow myself just, and it sounds so cheesy, oh gosh, uh, but like just to say yes and just just do it. Just, yeah. Like just Nike just says. go out and, and but, yeah, exactly. But there is so much. I mean, you know, that the I think the verse about faith like a child is one that so often is just totally missed. I, I look at that and like to have faith like a child is to have, such humility because a child is obedient. I mean, like, you know, that's, you know, and even when a child isn't, I'm often like a child who shouldn't be obedient, but, but ultimately has to do what parent, yeah. my parents say, you know, so you can either fight it or you can, yeah. or you can not. And like, you know, you, you say, get in the van, yeah. kids have to get in the van. Like, that's what you're doing. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Like, but not if it's a windowless van. No, no. And they're well, offering if, candy if and I puppies. say to get okay. in the van. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, how much of faith is saying to God, okay, yeah, I don't, I, yeah. you're saying we're going here. I don't know the directions yeah. to there. I'm going to trust that you know the directions to there so that I'm just going to get in the van and go yeah. with you, you know? Um, and I, I think we miss that a lot in the life of faith, you know? Well, yeah. 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 It's the same, I think with, with, and I'll reiterate it probably a lot, but the, the performing and the ministry, it's a fine line because then you start to think, okay, well, like you were saying, am I placating to the f- Federation, I'll say it, or this this diocese, or what this one, you know, am I playing it safe? I think if Jesus was on the speaking tour, he wouldn't get a lot of gigs either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, for, and Francis Chan actually talks a little bit about that. I, I've heard oh, him say well, that. No, no, but I, oh, I, I, I Francis? no, yeah, Francis, Francis Chan. it is Francis Chan. Dot com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, it's true. Like, uh, it, it's funny because I, the reason I bring up Francis Chan is he was writing about that, or he's speaking, and he said, he was he was reading the gospel and it was like the Sermon on the Mount and he said I had this thought like I could have made that more entertaining <laughs> yeah right you know what I mean and he, he thought <laughs> with wow. some PowerPoint yeah. Yeah. it would have been awesome oh yeah or maybe I probably would have told a couple of jokes between right. here and there you know what I mean or he used a funny illustration yeah. but yeah I don't think he would I, no. I you know I think Jesus again uh, 
raising people from the dead might up his his gig rate a bit, but but uh, but yeah, if we we're just looking at how he talked, how he taught, yeah, you know, St. Paul killed the guy preaching, so right? Really that's boring. True. That's you where know. my bar is. Set. That's totally wrong. <laughs> did anyone die today? No, it nope. was a good day. Nobody fell out a window. I'm good. And if they did, guess what? You're meeting Jesus. Yeah, or I'll well, call you back to life. Prayed, prayed him up. And, yep. kept, yeah. and kept preaching. Kept preaching. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That's yeah. yeah that's, that's one of my favorite, of my favorite stories. Of totally. He's just he just kills over out a window. Yeah. St. Paul goes, I ain't done yet. Right. It's back up and they go back upstairs. Was it like another like whole day or something? <laughs> Any quote in scripture. But I bet they were listening. I, I mean, yet. from that point on, I bet nobody was falling asleep. You it's know? a loose paraphrase. Yeah. Right. It's a loose paraphrase. Look at you over here. So I was but, thinking a little bit about this idea, though, of uh, kind of performance in ministry because uh, a couple couple thoughts. One was I remember being at an event and uh, during communion, the guitar guy for the band was in the middle of a solo. Oh, oh <laughs> and yeah. He, oh, the no. priest is literally standing before him with the communion raised and he is finishing his solo. Meow, meow, meow. It was so freaking weird. Yeah, and yeah. I remember thinking to myself, like, you know, you could probably, like, forego the solo. Yeah receive the Eucharist and just kind of, you know, finish the song. Yeah. Yeah. Like the yeah. song, uh, you know, part of this came down to um, even at times where I've been at a place and I've watched the worship leader and I know if they sing that chorus one more time <laughs> that something's going to break. Like spiritually, yeah. in yeah. my spirit, there's this sensitivity knowing we're so close. And I was talking about this with another minister and uh, and we think that that's actually a gift of the Holy Spirit. Like when we're telling a story, we're we're doing a song that that if you play that chorus one more time, then the Lord is mm-hmm. going to break through. And I think that's the difference between performance and ministry. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about like ministering, you should use all of your gifts and talents, the expertise yeah. in playing that guitar. But, but your goal is to bring them to Christ in that scenario. Now, if I'm on stage and I'm just going to do a comedy set, my goal is laughter. I want them to laugh so hard that they that pee they a little. Their pants. Yeah. Right. But but when I'm doing a ministry event, I'm guiding towards this culmination, which is the mm-hmm. encounter with Christ. I remember once listening to a youth, uh, like a minister of music at a parish, and he said, my goal is to be hidden. Right. Like his mm-hmm. job, he felt like, was to just let music be the catalyst that brings them, prepares yeah. that audience for the most you know open they could be to receive the Eucharist. And I, I think that that's hard. That you can't teach that. That's. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's a way to talk about that that will heighten their understanding of the work of the Spirit. But it's not like you can say, okay, after the third verse, the Holy Spirit falls, yeah. and now you're good. Like okay? it's a button. Like yeah. there's a button. Right. You press. That's not the way you that is. One more but time. Like know your audience. Uh, know your gifts and talents, and then really lean in to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it kind of we're back to the whole idea of a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with the Spirit of God, and kind of learning how to be sensitive to that. So that helps, I think, protect from um, kind of a rock star mentality yeah. that mm-hmm. can be out there. Because if your goal is to to be, you know, the greatest, you're going to be epically devastated and yeah. <laughs> inconsolable when that time has passed yeah. and they're yeah. on to somebody else. Yeah. But if you're convicted that you have that gift and call and that you're there to minister, then whether you're in the limelight or not, doesn't matter. And how many times have I heard people who made it big and what they usually will say is, I've been doing this for 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's just that song made it. And all of a sudden now I'm known. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You know, uh, my first season doing the student mill conferences, Ralph, uh, Deacon Ralph was my, uh, was my mentor. Right. And I, you know, super insecure. That's just my reality. He and is. Like, no, no. Cause he's short. <laughs> <laughs> he's embraced it. Hobbit, Deacon. Hobbit. Um, but you know, and, and so I, we're going over the talks at the end of the end of the season, you're, you're supposed to watch the talks and yeah. with your mentor and he's supposed to go over. And, and it was great because Ralph says, you know, that thing where you try to be funny. Uh, and I was like, yeah, cause I'm funny. He's like, don't do that. That sounds that's like, that's, oh, I can hear him that's say that. That's not why you're on the team. And it's like, he's like, let's watch him, watch the talk together. He goes, see right here. He said, this is why you're on the team. Cause at this moment you can tell the Holy Spirit takes over. But uh, prior to this, you're just trying to get him to yeah, like it's you. you. Yeah. You know, and, cool. and it was such a like, and I, and it was funny and watch the talk. I, I could see it. You know what I mean? I can, I remembered it like, you know, mm, that's beautiful. and I think that for me is the difference is, am I trying to get them to like me? Right. You yeah. know? Um, which that is whole hard. dynamic is a lot different too than 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 any other dynamic because you're part of a collaborative team effort. Sure. And so you're not having to do it all on your own. Right. Many many of those who are doing ministry speaking events, they they have to learn a number of tricks to try to win the audience over. Because mm-hmm. while it's not a comedy club, we all know doing ministry, whether it's middle school, high school, you have to win them over in that thirty second period, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. What I've noticed, it can be such an awkward moment as many people who are doing a conference with collaborative whether it's at a Steubenville or a Water Life team, they'll come out and they'll still be in the independent, I'm on my own mode, right? which robs that event. Like the you arc. have all of yeah. these things that are going on to help build, you know, yeah. this kind of place of openness. <clears throat> and like if you're like tomorrow night when you, or is it tonight? tonight? Tonight, when you do, when you do worship, I get to step back and not have to worry mm-hmm. about doing that. I get to remain in the role yeah. of presenting. And I, I'm going to, I love that where it would, it would be weird if I'm trying to still lead worship, yeah. you know, when you're taking over that role mm-hmm. and um, that I, again, if you're, if you're coming in as a diva and wanting yeah. everyone to think you're amazing, you're not going to be a good collaborator. Yeah. yeah. And um, no, that's, that's very true. Like, if if the just just that kind of dynamic between like a like a worship team and who's ever speaking or, or hosting like if they're not working together you're gonna miss that moment of of like you said like of the of that breakthrough right you know because if we're coming if if we're transitioning into worship and then that worship leader is kind of that diva it robs the whole moment of of what God could have been doing in that moment to to center it on, on the worship team or the worship leader, you know, and it can, it can crash and burn that much, you know? So anytime, like I've worked with, with Chris, um, even at, at, at St. Martha's, like, <clears throat> like I, I, I learned it working with Chris was just to be able to, to kind of feel where he's at in terms of like how he's speaking and, and how, how to approach it going up there. And I mean that in and of itself has changed whole sets, sure. You know, because in realizing that that's been like, oh, I inadvertently had planned that set for me, and that's not what God yeah. right. had wanted. Well, and I think that's I think that's the difference for me. That's the difference between performing and preaching. Is if I think it's all dependent on me, mm-hmm. is that you know what I mean? Like if I've got to go out there and I've got to preach the mm-hmm. gospel and I've got to convert and I've got to get them, and I don't, and I'm not leaving, I'm not inviting God to come in and. Okay, I I'm gonna do my very best. I'm I'm gonna use my tricks. I'm gonna do all that. But ultimately, this ain't about me. And yeah. and if they hear anything, it's not gonna be my voice. It's gonna be yours. 
you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and how can I, how can I get out of the way? You know, like you said, how right. can I, how can get I become invisible? Yeah. 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 So, um, so, okay. I want to talk about prep. <laughs> like, so prepping and, and Judy, I, I am actually very curious as a, as a stand-up comic. Cause I, I love, I have, I have thought of that would be fun to do. Deacon doesn't want you to. No, <laughs> no, See, I'm terrible that. at it apparently. But, uh, but no, how do you, how do you prep? How do you, you know, what's your, what's your process like? And then Chris, I'd like to talk to you about that too. Like to, to get in, to prepare, to do what you do. How do you get ready to do that? Well, it's changed over the years. 25 years ago, I would make myself sick worrying about it. Yeah. 25 years ago, it was, I want them to like me. And it's a drug. Um, oh yeah. It's a, it's, it's cheap. Um, it's once you, it's the most terrifying thing in the world to get up there and you're naked, you're exposed, your people can yell what, things at you. What well, that clubs were you at? Really yeah, naked, wow. naked comedy clubs. Yeah. Um, it's mm. changed a lot. Palm Maybe Springs. that's why I'm not getting hired. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, she takes off her clothes and she's dead. Uh. Um, but you're just vulnerable up there. And, um, at first I was doing everything. I was, uh, just, I was so worried, right? It's so funny because com- comedians are like, they're not going to laugh or they're going to laugh. And anyway, I was so worried. Um, I would just meticulously plan out everything. And then I got to a point where God's like, what are you doing? Because with me, it's different for, um, I use my comedy as a way to evangelize. So I'm going to talk about other things. I'm going to, you know, I can do everything uh, Chris or Chris or another speaker do, uh, but I do it in my own delivery way. So in the beginning, it was just so meticulously planned out. And God kind of one day was like, hey, that's not what I want you to tell these people today. And I'm like, but I already have it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, yeah. yeah. hippopotamus. Um, he's like, no, say this. And I had to, you know, get in that windowless van and (laughs) and just go, okay, not only can I not see out, but I'm not driving, just Jesus, take the wheel. Um, But you know what? It was, it was awesome. And at the time I'm like, that sucked. And have you ever had those talks where you're like, that was horrible. And people come up to you and you're like, they say that is exactly what I needed. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, it was the Holy Spirit, not you. Um, So now what I, I have about four pieces of paper. And if you saw these, uh, these documents, you would think surely a homeless person who was crazy wrote these and is using them to, yeah, you know, put yeah. his tent up. Uh, so they're just all these phrases. And I have about three hours worth of material that I can. It's a um, no. Oprah's talking. Look, at she wants you to pet think, so bad. I that I think my <laughs> uh, my mangy dumpster dog is outside. Oh, that's why. That okay. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah. So now I have a skeleton of all my uh, jokes and I basically pray. Before I go up, even I tried out for America's Got Talent last week or three weeks or I can't remember anymore. Uh, I'm on Dayquil. Uh, and before I went up, my, my mom kept going, hey, do you have your set? Do you have your set? Do you have your set? I'm like, nope. And she's like, you have an hour. I'm like, yeah. So on the way up, it was half an hour of prayer. Like, God, what do you want? And I, yeah, I pray about secular comedy jobs. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it affects my whole life. Same way. Okay. So like I was saying before, I have Catholic comedian on a business card. I say to people, if you don't have to be quote unquote Catholic celebrity, which I don't think I am, but you don't have to be one to be an evangelist. You don't have to be one to spread the gospel. You could be a plumber. You could be a mom. You could be whatever. So that whole performance versus ministry thing is a very like blurred line because I feel like every minute of my day, I'm either bringing people closer to Christ or further away. So in my comedy, in my talks, in just interacting with people at the store, Am I doing that or am I being, am I being a, you know, a, yeah, 
Yeah, we just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want your son to repeat that word, but, yeah, that's true. um, yeah. but so how I prepare now is so much different because it's not about me anymore. Um, and you know what? I can tell the difference when I go out and it's about me. I tank. Yeah. Even in comedy. Um, so that's, that's my method. Um, and you know, during, I have an open thing on my phone as far as material, um, that was the hardest in the beginning. I was like trying to write material like, oh, this is so hard writing jokes. And God clearly said, I have given you so much material. Look around. Yeah. And I started talking about my family, started talking about the church. Not like, oh, the church is horrible. But hey, do you ever notice that when you're in line for a communion kind of a right. thing? Mm. Yeah. The observational stuff, because people, we, we, we share these same experiences. And Catholics, we, sh- we know how it is to get ashes in your eye by an exu- you know a, a guy who's just that's a funny thing that Catholics can laugh about. So it's just, it was just slowing down and listening and saying, okay, this is not about me. This is about somebody bigger than me. Um, and he's in control. So he's my agent and my writer. Yeah. There's something really cool about it, particularly being a, a comedian of, of faith, a comedian of faith, mm. but like saying, God, show me the joy. Right. Like show me the joy that everybody's missing. And that's what, what I, I mean? want to, and, and let yeah. me be, let me be like a, a, like a megaphone for your joy. And it's so know? sad to me when people hear a lot of priests will come up and say, Oh, so you make fun of the church. And I said, no, because when you hear comedy, you think of this biting humor, you, this sarcasm, this right. tearing, this ripping of flesh. <laughs> I make fun with the church. It's I'm it's the kind of joy I want people to have. The reason why you pee your pants is because <laughs> you let go of everything and you're just experiencing this type of joy that only God can give. It's not a, you know, oh, that kid fell in the mud. I mean, that's funny. But um, <laughs> have you ever seen a Linda, kid fall in mud? <laughs> Linda would find that funny. Yeah. People falling down is, you know, God has to giggle too. <laughs> it's like when you trip and you don't see anything and you look back and you're like, what was that? I'm moderately um, horrified. Yeah. The, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, I don't know what I was saying, no, but I met Jay yeah. Leno. Yeah. <laughs> I think and, that's that's awesome. and that's what's important. Let's mm-hmm. just right. remember that. Chris, what about you? I, you? You opened last night with uh, God, reverence, you think reverence is joy or something along those lines and you know that that you, you don't have to teach somebody that tooting is funny right yeah 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 i mean with i think in a lot of ways if you watch a child and what they think is funny is a great tell um they have no um you know self-loathing and you know extreme insecurities they're very free and what they think is funny i think is fascinating um we'll get old we get serious and we have equated severity with holiness yeah. Mm. And I think that's a problem because to be honest, right, the joy of the Lord is my strength. There's there's a lot of weak Christians right now because they are so joyless. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm fascinated with joy and I find things to be really funny. The way I prep is I feel like in some way, I've been doing this for almost 25 years, uh, I have a million things I could talk about. So at this point in the game, usually I try to find out what a place is interested in what their theme is, and then I'll flow with that. And I have a, you know, a truckload of different ways that I can take it. There are always certain stories that I'm going to need to tell wherever I go because they're foundational stories for me. So tonight I'll talk a little bit about my parents and their divorce. I'm going to talk about the serial bit because I'll talk about my grandparents. Yeah. And um, those stories are intentional because they take people back to a time that they remember. And in a parish you have this older group that um, – I want to bring them in. And these stories of my grandparents and growing up in that time, they're hilarious, they're awesome, and they trigger memories for people that I want to have. Well, 
I don't need to write anything down because I know what I'm going to do. Now, PowerPoint or any time I use that is my organizational structure. Right. So that's kind of an intentional um, thing to keep me on a time frame. But um, jokes for me happen in two ways. One is um, I've done them so long I know they're always going to work. Right. Two, um, maybe I'll think of something new and I'll tweak with it. Judy had heard something I was messing with. Um, and what usually will happen is it something... It was horrible when you first started, by the way. <laughs> when <laughs> you I, made it was awesome. I'm glad you workshopped that one. Yeah. Well, what happens is that something will happen where it's a spontaneous, almost an accidental line that I'll say. So I'll, yeah. I give oh, yeah. myself freedom to go off on those. And when that happens and I feel like there's something really funny there, I'll try to remember that and then refine it. So an example of this happened not too long ago. I... I almost nailed it right out of the gate, which was, I said, when Sunday happens, I'm doing the pitch so people will come to the mission. It's like, you know, isn't it real? Like that every time Sunday comes around, if it's going to fall apart, it falls apart. Like if it's going to go wrong, it goes wrong on Sunday morning and you're trying to get to church and you get to church and you're holding your baby and all of a sudden they have that extreme radical blowout. Right. And then you realize, crap, we just literally, we just forgot <laughs> the diaper bag at the house. And uh, so, you know, parents and a young, like young kids they're panicking and they're looking around for other parents that are young so they can borrow a diaper or a senior adult so they can borrow a diaper you know? and, and it was i said that almost accidentally and all of these old people started laughing and i realized oh my gosh i'm keeping that one yeah and so yeah, that absolutely. works for me a lot where my my comedy bit will rotate and there are jokes that i used to say all the time that i don't remember and then all of a sudden i'll be thinking oh my gosh i haven't told that joke in years but it really will work. So um, part part of my prep process is, um, because I've been doing this so long, it's almost like which of these small, like little comedic children do I want to use? Right. And um, and I, I have that sensitivity, at least I'm trying to continue to have the sensitivity to the spirit that says, okay, this is the group that you have before you today. These are the jokes that you can use. Uh, here's And honestly, I'm a pretty simple story kind of guy. Like I'm... I am evangelistic, even even in a parish setting. I am oftentimes even pre-evangelistic because people are going to bring their friends who are not experienced with church lingo. Uh, so I always tell people, know your audience. So who's the audience before me? Now, when I do the Bible study stuff in the morning, they're coming. They're probably a little bit more aware of certain verbiage. So we're going to go deeper. But when I teach classes for a university, it's even deeper and it's intentional. So who's my audience? What am I going to say? But but even in a college dynamic, I have this passion that I want people to have that personal relationship with Christ. So uh, my prep process is really pretty simple. Who is my audience and what from my, you know, kind of arsenal, my stories, my experience can I share to help bring people into that encounter with Jesus? Yeah, I love that. And I think there's some freedom in that too, to be able to say, I have these stories that I know. I have to, it doesn't, have, you know, the, the need to innovate is not a real need. Right. Right. You know and I mean, like, I, I know what I want to say. Or I know what the Lord wants me to say. I want to say that. And there are, are there tools that I already have in my bag that can facilitate that? Right. And yeah. I think what happened early on is that people started having me coming back. Like most of my business is repeat business. Sure. Because I was coming back to some places almost every year, I had to have something different. 
Yeah. But then I realized, well, what's what should I give? And then that whole idea, you can't give what you don't have. Well, what has God been talking to me about this year? Where am I at in my own faith journey mm-hmm. this year? And those are the things that I share. And when I'm passionate about something, that comes through in the message. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the secret ultimately to ministry is talk about what you know and and grow, keep growing so you have something to share. You know, it's, you know, I feel like as Catholics, we don't have a vocabulary for sharing our faith. And part of that's our structure. Um, you know, we come on Sunday and you're supposed to be, you know, the idea of reverence is silence in the church before we go to mass. Right. Um, but what it essentially does is it, it keeps us a little bit bound because then people take off right after mass. And so there's no time of dialogue right. with your with your fellow believers. And so I think there's a great freedom for someone listening who's not a Catholic speaker or, or a public evangelist, you know, in that, in, but who just wants to be able to share their faith to say, it's okay to have the story that you tell. You know what I mean? To think about like, and to ask the Lord, okay, well, I know this is kind of a way this, oh, if I, I say it this way, I know that people kind of respond and I can, like, that's just as important in, in conversation with your neighbor as it is from a stage, just right. with your neighbor, you may have to go deeper and you know, that the walking together, the accompaniment comes in from stage. I, I talk to the 2000 teens that are there and then I go back and eat M&Ms in the green room. You know yeah. what I mean? And I call my, and my wife and kids. So skinny? That's what I want to know. I work, dude. I'm, I'm working at it. So yeah. There's, <laughs> sorry. I think yeah. you just said the word M&Ms and I gained a pound. <laughs> too, yeah. That's all I want now. Uh, actually, one of the things we did this year with the show is the afternoon morning show, Drink the Kool-Aid Challenge, where it was by like, pick your plan, kind of pick your poison and execute. And I did like this whole exercise diet thing. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. So I've been doing this for like, what, three months? Yeah. So anyway, that's why I'm skinny right now. You've always been skinny. Yeah, yeah, relatively, yeah. you know. Yeah. My I've wife's a health nut, not so. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. Chris, uh, what workout are you doing again? I am doing the Rhino, Ryan Reynolds Deadpool workout. That's <laughs> I'm doing the Rhino workout. The Rhino, the Rhino what? Reynolds, the Rhino. I was with the pageants when they were on a diet, and that was like the hardest two minutes <laughs> I've ever spent with anyone. Uh, this was crying. It didn't bring me joy. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. Then it's like, have a salad. Okay, Chris, gravy is not dressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, with that, I think we are well over our time for this episode of the Afternoon Morning Show. Thanks for joining us. Um, just real quick, Chris, where can people find you online? Um, if you're a bookaholic, I have a, a bunch of stuff on social media, The Bookaholic Number One, The Bookaholic One. Uh, for all of my ministry stuff, if you go to Chris Paget Friend, that's Facebook, or Chris M. Paget, that's Twitter. I like using social media for a lot of ministry stuff and having fun. Yep. Good deal. Judy? JudyMcDonald.net. Yep. And I met Jay Leno. <laughs> and and Vinny, where people find you on the social medias? Uh, on Twitter, Vinny A.M. Michelle. Wow, for the show. Yeah, That's great. And then at Vinifred on Instagram. Nice. Once again, the Afternoon Morning Show is brought to you by Everyday Catholic. Everyday Catholic is a 501c nonprofit. We depend on the support from listeners like you. If you like the show, go to everydaycatholic.com slash donate and consider a monthly pledge. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, guys.